Kicked out of the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Uh, I mean, t to be fair, I wasn't kicked out of the entirety of the Boy Scouts. I don't even know if that, like, how that would work. That I was just like the troop that I was a part of. Like after we came back from the camping trip, went to my parents and was like, "Please, never send your child to us again." See, we'll recommend another. They were like, "You can go to another troop." They were actually specifically like, "I'm sure there are other Boy Scout troops that would like this kid, but." Not us. Were, were they acknowledging that there were somewhere out there in the world other uh, troops that were more accommodating of, of young men that were very excited about singing show tunes? I don't I don't know. I was not privy to the conversation. I was just privy to my father, who was one of the most even-tempered men, who, you know, a Methodist minister basically feeling like, you know what, fuck you guys, and get in the car, Cal, we're going. I'd be so fucking psyched if I got kicked out of the Boy Scouts. My parents are just like, hey, you know how we send you to the woods every weekend? We're not doing that anymore. I'm like, yeah! Fuck the woods! I got Mario 3 and shit to play. Anyway, none of that has anything to do nope. with the, the episode that we just watched of uh, the, the show that we are pretending to care about, which is the Big Bang Theory, which is a part of our own show, which is very slightly differently titled... The Big Bang Theory Theory. Uh, the voice that's coming out of this face belongs to Nick. And uh, this is Kyle. And uh, today we watched an episode called The Hamburger Postulate. Oh. Because at one point, Sheldon needs a hamburger. Does it have anything to do with the plot? No. Is it a joke that you don't expect to come up two or three times? It is. But they, they, they draw it out anyway. But before we get to that, uh, I guess we should just kind of start with, uh, I don't know, I, I have to like hold back my excitement, uh, and so I don't know, like, you want to start with how the episode begins? Right, so uh, this is the Big Bang Theory Theory, where we go episode by episode, God help our souls. In this episode, we start with an impromptu roleplay war game simulation, which is never explained, in which the main Four guys are sitting around a table engaging in a hypothetical debate over who would win this battle between largely the North and the South in the Civil War, but mm -hmm. also each side has drafted various fantasy characters and archetypes. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I always, is it, is it Walewski? Is that bull cut? Wallowitz. Wallowitz. All right. He, uh, he, he whips out his, his ketchup and, uh, it was green. Was it, I guess, a relish bottle? And talks about how, oh, but we have Superman and Godzilla on our side. And I'm fine with that. But later on, they talked about how, like, Superman is susceptible to magic. And I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, it's true. Uh, it's 100% true. Uh, here's the thing that I just got to get out because I didn't see this coming and I don't like it one bit, which is, I like this episode. I, I, think, I, liked oh, it a, I think I liked it a lot. Oh, no, not I laughed, again. I laughed oh, God, multiple it's, times. It's happening again. Like, oh, out no. loud? Because oh, we, we, we were watching them life. independently before. We watched them together, and I chuckled, and you can confirm it happened. Yes. Yes, we've decided now, instead of work to watch, we tried to watch the episode together. It was mostly okay. I think I laughed once, but I can't remember when, and I was immediately ashamed afterwards. So, 
the, my favorite character, who's been... I mean, we're only at episode 5 so far, and so there's not going to be a whole lot of new characters being introduced. But Leslie, her name is... I think she is in episode 3! And Leonard is like, hey, we should, like, try going on a date. And she's like, just put your mouth on my mouth, and we'll see if it feels good, and then we'll decide from there. And uh, it doesn't. She shoots him down. And she's yeah, like, and that was the moment, like, you were like, oh, I like her. She's incredible! She's, she's, she's great! And then she comes back, and I'm like, she better fuck somebody by the end of this episode. And she does! He did! There's he did! Fucking... That was literally his exact... It cut to the credit, like, they're in, they're saying our whole universe, and Nick is just like, boy, I hope Leslie Winkle fucks somebody in this episode. She does. And she's real serious about it. She's, she's cold. Uh, so, I guess, to get there... Yeah, they, so they're having their, their their little luncheon, and Sheldon's like, this isn't where we normally eat, and I don't know what to do. And everyone's like, we get the character you are, Sheldon, but this is this is unreasonable even by your standards. Like, fucking come on. And and Penny at this point, just like, she she's the waitress there. I guess it's supposed to be a cheesecake factory. No way is that. I think they just dropped the detail about the cheesecake factory, and they were like, because we can't. We can't copyright Cheesecake Factory. It's just too big a marketing deal. So now she's yeah. a waitress at a generic Denny's-like establishment. Yeah, and Sheldon's having this whole thing about the burger. She's she's not having it. But fortunately, like, this little squabble kind of doesn't go anywhere because, like, Penny is very obnoxious in this episode but is featured little even though she's probably the the, the biggest emotional drive behind everyone but yeah, Leslie shows up and she's like, hey guys, what's going on? We have to have a new place to practice cello because one of our cello people may have like died of radiation poisoning. And I'm going to make some goofs about that real quick because I am a soulless calculating psychopath. But anyway, cello later, right? And she bounces and Penny's like, oh, what was that about? This guy that I completely like been shooting down might have someone that's interested in him i don't know how to deal with those feelings she that's not what she just says well i guess it's the, all in her face Kyle. I, I guess that's the whole point of the episode is reading into penny's reactions trying to figure out what she's actually means by any of this but she's just like oh it's too bad you guys aren't together you'd make a cute couple well oh no so that's how it starts i think i, I think i already got too far ahead but yes that's how it starts and then leonard's like what does she mean what does she mean yeah literally not not like there's an entire, like, five-minute conversation where he's just, like, diagramming all of the different motivations that could lead someone to say, you two make a cute couple. Yeah, not not worth going into any of the specifics there. No. But what happens next is great because they have cello practice and I can't it's remember. It's quartet practice. It just happens to be that Leonard plays the cello. I know. It's not four people playing the cello. They were obviously four different sized instruments and four different people playing them, and I insist they were all the cello. There are many different types of cellos. Some are six feet tall. Some are oh, little, and they no. just sit on your shoulder. They're all cellos. Do you think that the devil went down to Georgia is about a cello playing contest? I don't know any. I'm an atheist. I don't need to know these things. All right? But, I, oh, I don't remember I forgot the exact wording right. But it's great, because they're all playing together. And Leslie looks over and is like, hey, I really like the way you play that instrument. And Leonard's like, cool, thanks. She's like... Uh, your fingering's really good. Cool. It's like, I mean, maybe you can finger my instrument later. And I'm like, this is going to be a good episode. She's back. She's back, and she's right on top of it again. Leslie's the best. 
Nick who? is so excited right now. He's coming actress? out of his chair. She looks so familiar, and I. Well, I'm thinking her name. Her... He's cheating right now. He's looking it up. He's cheating. Yeah, no, I don't have a touch screen. Leave me alone. Sarah Gilbert is her name. Sarah yeah. Gilbert, of course, from the iconic roles as. Oh no, she was she was Roseanne's daughter. That is her. That's Darlene. Yeah. Oh, I thought Darlene. <laughs> I thought Darlene would look way shittier by the time that this started coming out. But no, no. I'm into Darlene. All right. Cool. Uh, I know that about myself now. <laughs> anyway, I don't – just talk. I, otherwise, I'm just going to go on and on about how, how yes, bad her character there, is. There's a couple of double – so there's the fingering thing. And then she's like, I really like how you handle that big piece of wood between your legs. And he's like, yeah, do you mean my instrument? And he's just like, I meant the obviously crude double entendre. I'm like, fucking do it again, Leslie! <laughs> yes, she stays afterwards, and she's like, I know I said I wasn't into you before. I've changed my mind, because I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. And now, let's have sex. Like, uh, right now. Yeah, and that happens. And Sheldon has a meltdown. He does, which was actually, you know, it's I hate myself for obsessing over these continuity points. Like, the show actually expects anyone to remember what, like, these characters' relationship is supposed to be. But I thought it was very strange. Like, the whole thing that happens is he freaks out because Leonard leaves a tie on the door. Like, he expects Sheldon to know what that means, and yet Sheldon doesn't know what it means. And we know this because Sheldon has to go across the hall and drag Penny back and be like, Why is there a tie on the door? Also, yeah. is it weird that we can hear Brian Adams playing in the sound of two people gasping from this room? I forget that out in the world there are people who just, like, listen to Brian Adams. Like, any of that music I just assumed is meant to play in, like, grocery stores and offices. But also, I, I, I just realize this now. I think maybe the reason I like this episode is because in, in relation to the sexual uh, event that happens, by the way, they still can't say sex. They have to keep saying No, sexual intercourse. Or, as Penny says, uh, what does she say? Getting it on? Or getting busy with it? Yeah. Which, getting busy. She says getting busy. But in, in relation to, to them to them doing it, I am I think I relate to every person in the episode. I think I've approached this situation from every angle. I've definitely just been hanging outside a door like, is it really happening? Why is it happening in there? I don't know what to do. And I've I've also been behind the door with a woman, you know, talking to me. This is completely dead voice about <laughs> uh and i've also been shitty penny who's like this guy i had no interest in at all is fucking somebody now and that's gonna that's gonna grind my gears Ugh, i'm gonna get in the way of this penny's so shitty in this episode yes this was there were two things that i i mean first off your leslie winkle thing and then at the end of the episode you just randomly are like penny you fucking monster you were yeah. just so mad at her by the end of the episode because <laughs> There, so something that was surprising to me about this one is, like, so little happens in this episode. Like, if if we were to give a strict... You should uh, get used to that. Oh, great. Well, I don't know. Apparently the ones where nothing happens I must like. Because the entire episode is, hey, I think this lady likes me. Okay, we fucked. And then Leonard goes to visit her the next day at their, at their job together at the lab. And it gets all cozy on her, and she's like, Because hey, Leonard caught feelings too easy. He got the feels. And she doesn't give a shit. And then Penny finds that out, and then she's happy again. That's the whole episode. 
that Leonard has a sex and Penny has back and forth emotions because I guess she needs to know that Leonard is miserable to, to be satisfied. Is that not what she's doing? Well, I, I mean, I guess that is sort of the obvious read. It's particular at the end of the episode, she puts her hand on his shoulder in a way that's just weird. Well, and, and she's 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 very obviously satisfied that it hasn't worked out. Yes, I suppose that's probably true. Why I just why can't Leslie have her own show? <laughs> like, the the it, adventures of cold calculating sociopath just going around having sex, then leaving guys brokenhearted. It it could be like a monster of the week kind of thing, where every episode is like. It's the same shot. It's her lying. Oh, by the way, people in this show apparently sleep like vampires because the, the, the Leonard and Leslie have the sex. And then the next morning, they're both lying on their backs straight up at the ceiling sleeping, which is the way like people in media sleep a lot and is terrible. And no one does that. I hope. Ugh. Anyway, maybe I'm just revealing that I don't know how to sleep, but... Yeah, I, I would want – she's in her own bed every morning, and it's this, this the camera is looking down on her from above, her eyes open, and then uh, she just goes to work, and she finds the target. And then from there on, it's her game is like, how can I have the sex today while putting the least effort into this as possible? Because she's all about efficiency. And just like super horny Leslie Winkle, just going from bouncing and and just being like totally obvious about it, because that's like her whole thing. That is her whole thing. She's like just walking up, being like, "Hey, it's so, like, do you want to join my adult spelling bee competition training team?" And by spelling, I just mean this one four letter word I want you to spell. So, that th- this reminded me of a thing where I have this X who I met once at a music festival. It was a several-day music festival. And we're hanging out, and she says, Hey, you remember that time that we were both unhappy in our relationships and talked about how if neither of us had kids or were married by the age of 35, we should just go ahead and do that? And I was like, I do remember that incredibly sad thing we said to each other about how we were unhappy and didn't believe things were going to work out in the future and would settle. And she's like, yeah, cool, I didn't interpret that way. But anyway, <laughs> what if, I mean, if that's going to happen, if we're going to get married and have kids later, like, what if we just, like, tried practicing the, the part where we try to have kids? And then we spent the rest of the night just going around being like, because it was this huge festival in a small town in Montana, and that we we just the whole night was like, hey, do you have an extra bed? We're gonna have sex in your bed tonight. Do you? No. Okay. What I mean, you didn't no. have like a tent or? No, I don't have a tent. It's an outdoor music festival. I thought everybody well, slept no, in tents. No, I mean it was it was outdoor in the sense that it wasn't in a building, but it wasn't like in the woods either. It's it was in it was an uptown in a small town in Montana. I don't know why I'm so resistant to revealing the town, but that's where I'm at. Because it's the source of your shame, because apparently you had sex in a bunch of random places. No, just like one random place. And it was weird, too, because it was an old person's bedroom and it had old people things in it, like a walker in medicine. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. So, but anyway, that very just obvious, Let's this is what we're going to do. Let's practice the part. 
let's just practice the part where we have kids. I'm a little hazy on how that works. I don't, apparently, that's my number one the, thing. The Minnesota, I'm sorry, the Montana public education system, of course, is an abysmal when it comes to sex ed. So, what are you, what? I'm just, I'm trying to imagine, I'm, if you took that literally, just, I'm worried that we're not going to be able to figure out how to have children when we're 35. I think we need to practice to make sure we've got this down. I think either way you look at it, you want to make sure that you've got all the bases covered. You know, whether, whether she means it literally or not, you know, like, you gotta, you're not going to get it right the first try. Even though that's okay, I said that out loud, and that's stupid because so many people accidentally get it right the first I try. To say, all of human existence is contingent on you know people accidentally. Somebody somewhere was like, "I don't know what's happening right now, or what the consequences will be," but we're just going for this because it feels right. This rem- so I don't want to get too far off, but this also reminds me of another thing where I feel like sometimes you know you you think you're not living in the right time and place and you wonder where else you would belong and the other day I realized I don't have that problem anymore I grew up in exactly the right place and time because I came of age as there were self-checkout machines in place because I cannot look at another person and buy condoms and be like hey I'm purchasing these so I can have sex later I know that I don't look like I'm the kind of guy that has sex and you probably think I'm buying these for somebody else. And I could be. I don't know why I'm making up this whole cover story ahead of time and telling you all about it because I could have just given you $6 and walked away. But you looked at me and now I've got to deal with it. I don't have to deal with any of that. And even then when I go to the self-checkout, I buy several items. So the self-checkout doesn't know what I'm up to. Uh, I think last time I walked out with uh, caulking paste and some apple cinnamon yogurt. And uh, I did this recently. That's why I remember the things. So anyway, I'm just happy that self-checkout machines exist, and I'm in love with Leslie. Yeah, those two things we have established. I, f- I feel like I'm really doing my best here, and you're just shooting me and oh, my what? feels down. I'm not shooting your feels down. She's a. I'm sure she's a nice. I'm sure you would get. Tell along me something you liked or hated about the episode, huh? Tough guy. Uh, well, I mean, we already established that. We covered that Superman was vulnerable to magic, so that was a good fact that we had. Yeah, that's that's good guy who is definitely not Sheldon at all. Man, I don't know. I've been having a crisis of conscience about judging these characters. The other day, I was at work, and to be fair, my work does look like an office. So it's an. I mean, look, you walk in, it's just cubicles everywhere, right? That's, so, so the. What, why does it look like an office and isn't? Well, I'm leading – my and, point is okay. it is an office. That's what I mean. So your thoughts start thinking about offices, which is why the new receptionist looked at me and was like, oh, I get it. You're like the Dwight Schrute here. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that happened. So ever since then, I've been like, who the fuck am I to look down on anyone? This is my life. This is the nightmare that I live. So who am I to look down on fucking Sheldon Cooper? Someone out there thinks Sheldon Cooper is is funny. I don't know. <sighs> I feel like a, a segment that we were trying to shoehorn into this is explaining what the episode title really has to do with the episode itself. So we're dealing with the hamburger postulate. Uh, we've talked a little bit about how Sheldon has to eat a different hamburger, and that's a problem. But, God, that's I feel like there's nothing else to get into with it. He even later settles, and he's like, I guess this burger is good. 
I could have both yeah. burgers. I think they were just worried that if they didn't establish, like, in every episode that Sheldon is an obsessive-compulsive freak, people might forget. They might be confused later on when he insists again on having to sit in a... Well, no, it's not that. It's that the whole... Like, it's like when the show runs out of other things to do, it makes fun of Sheldon. That's just, like, the default position that it comes back to. It's like, we need something to do in this scene. Let's have Sheldon be compulsive, and all the other characters can be like, let's point at him... Yeah. And just make fun of his compulsiveness. Well, you know what I just realized? This is just a bad, a bad episode for Sheldon. Because I feel like uh, up to this point, I was surprised at how Sheldon has turned out to be the most human of, of, of them all in this, in this series. And I guess the, the writers felt like he, he was getting too good of a time because he has his completely pointless little hamburger meltdown, which leads to him acknowledging... That he was silly about it. He doesn't even get his little Sheldon hamburger win on that and explains to everyone why his burger is the best burger. Uh, but also later, after Leonard and Leslie uh, do, do their their stuff in the bed, where, by the way, I think she says completely, like, dead to him, Oh, Leonard, you magnificent beast. Which is great. And the next morning... Sheldon sleeps on the couch. Yes, that was weird. He, yeah. he just—he apparently decided he couldn't go back to his own bedroom because it was too near yeah. the other room where the people. Well, I thought he was so traumatized, like he just couldn't be near a bed. Like he couldn't, like be lying there and be like, someone could be in here having sex with me right now, and I wouldn't even know it. Like that whole thing. So he sleeps on the couch, and he wakes up, and he goes to his his math board, and he sees that it has been uh, messed with. Someone has adjusted it. And Le- Leslie and Leonard get up from out of their room, and Leslie's walking, and she she admits to it. And Sheldon's like, "I don't go into your house and touch your boards." And she says, "Well, I don't have any wrong equations at my house." I'm like, "I still fucking love you, Leslie." I just want ah, I we can't do this show anymore. <laughs> I'm just gonna be creepy about Leslie forever. Ah, you never know. I can't remember it. Maybe she gets hit by a bus in the next episode, and that'll be... I can't watch the show after that. (laughs) I've got one episode left in me. Either she does get hit by a bus and I can't watch it because it's too terrible, or she doesn't get hit by a bus and I can't watch it because every episode's going to be like this when we record. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) We tried it. This was fun. I'm of done. all of the obstacles we anticipated in watching The Big Bang Theory, Nick never planned on losing his heart to the elusive, the magnificent yeah. Leslie Winkle. I mean, we're gonna see what we're gonna have to see what keeps happening. But this was a positive experience for me, and I'm ashamed to admit to it. But like a third of the way into the episode, I was like, maybe this show does get a bad rap. Like, <laughs> so I mean. So just to be clear, you ended up hating Penny, loving – it seems like the version of the show you want now. Penny would, like, move back to wherever she's from. Yeah. And Leslie would move in next door, and that would just be – and slowly – she'd be like the Steve Urkel character, basically. She would just slowly come to dominate more and more of the plot of the show. Yeah. Yeah, all that, all that sounds fantastic. Um, but, I mean, it did just make me think, though, uh, is I, I, I worry – that I'm being shitty about Penny. But I'm realizing now that she still isn't, like, much of a character yet. Like, she comes in as the obvious love interest, 
and she's always there for Leonard to be pining after. But all we know about her at all is that she's nice, she works in a restaurant, and she likes to have sex. That was established in this one. We can assume most people like to have sex, but when when Sheldon was trying to figure out, so Sheldon encounters a, a tie on a doorknob and melts down because he can't understand that plus the Brian Adams. And uh, Penny, in explaining all this to him, says, well, I don't know, I'm usually on the other side of the tie. I'm, it actually still bothers me that Leonard put the tie on the door, knowing that Sheldon wouldn't know what the tie meant. I'm just happy that he has a also, tie. Also, Sheldon calls Leonard during the middle of sex, and they have a phone conversation. He have we talked about that? He does pick up, doesn't he? He, I just he took... answers the phone. And I, I bet he doesn't, neither of them stop for a moment what they're doing in there. I bet Leslie is helping him through the call because she's also supportive. <laughs> what else do we have? A banana gets smashed when I thought was going to lead to a whole lot more dick jokes when when Leonard visits Leslie at work the next day so they can so he thinks that they can be together and cuddle and everything she's she's freezing a banana in liquid nitrogen and I was pumped cuz I was I was ready for some some a whole lot more of just nasty Leslie and then she smashes it and puts it in a cereal and that broke my heart I expected more from her, uh, and then no, she only makes the sex jokes when she's like ready for it, and as we've established, she has some sort of weird. Uh, I'm sorry, weird is a judgmental word. She has a sex drive that is like only activates like once every four months, like some kind of. Well, yeah. So when when Leonard kind of gets shot down as far as a real romantic relationship goes, he asks, well, when can we do this again? And she says something like, well, I don't know about your sex drive, but I'm good till New Year's. What time of year is it? Does that mean see in two days? Did the year just come and go? And now, like, that doesn't give me any information. I mean, I the, it only makes sense if it's at some, if it's at least, like, a month and a half away. Is what I assume. Forty-five days is the limit. Well, the minimum. The, that's what I meant. The minimum. It wouldn't limit, be yeah. funny if she was like, "Well, I'm good till next Tuesday." You'd be like, "Oh, well, that's a that's a workable relationship. We can see each other all the time then." Well, I don't know. You know, like some guys just can't get enough of it. Oh, till Tuesday. What am I gonna do with with my Tuesday morning? Whose ah. voice are you doing right now? Who are you? Who are you trying to be? That's the voice of every man that's not me. That is how I feel compared to the world. <laughs> I also have a weird thing often when I'm doing ladies' voices. They're deeper than my own voice. Can't explain that. That's what I have to live with. It just comes out of me. I think we're at that point where we need to discuss one thing that either really stood out or irked us or a character moment that we thought was interesting or redeeming. Our one takeaway from the episode. Hmm. And I'm making you start. Our one takeaway from the episode. Give me a minute to think. That's not how this works. You don't get time to think. Well, it was, as we've established, it was a really... I mean, other than... Let me Go just, with your if, feels. If you don't have a fetish for a particular character, not a lot happened in this episode. 
Well, yeah, you like that thing about Superman. Yes, I did. Is that going to be your thing? No, it's not. Oh, okay, so how about this? There's a whole subplot which we didn't... It's just like every time Penny comments on his relationship with Leslie, he goes into a whole thing trying to explain it. And at one point in there, he's like... She's like, she said she was happy for me. And of course, someone can say they're happy for you because they're like just generally happy that you're happy, but they can be happy that you're happy even if the actual circumstance makes them unhappy. They're only happy because you're happy about the thing, but really they might be sad about like the development, but they want to show solidarity, so they say they're happy. And I'm like, yes, you just diagrammed like how human feelings work. Congratulations. It's like you can be happy for someone else even if you don't feel happy about the scenario. You recognize that it's good for them. That's real emotionally mature. I get that. That's, uh, I don't know. Are you, are you really being shitty for him for just trying to explain his feels and to it's understand just, how it, feels work? It's just like something that you could put into any, like, you could be oh, like... Oh, you're right about that. It's like, oh, you see... In, it's like, you could be saying this because, or it's like, you can do it for, like, Shakespeare. It's like, you, I mean, it's dramatic irony is basically what I'm saying. It's like, oh, he discovered how irony works. You know, someone saying they're happy for you. It's like there's a panel from Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud where he talks about the different ways you can show, like, the difference between text and speech and text and speech that are dependent on an image. And he talks about the scene, which is a woman on the phone saying, I'm so happy for you. And the first scene, she's smiling. And the second scene, she's crying. And he's like, you understand why the second scene requires both dialogue and image to function. And why that's, like, there's, like, something metaphysical about that that's interesting. And I remember seeing that and thinking, that is really kind of, like, mystical, what he's talking about there. It's like, there's information that requires these two entirely different mediums to be communicated. If you didn't have both simultaneously, this particular experience wouldn't be there. And to have that ruined... Well, not ruined, but it's like all Leonard is talking Kyle. about in like a two-minute monologue is just that. Kyle, look, look at what this show brought out of you. Those are genuine thoughts, quandaries, deep, deep feelings that had to come out for the best show that's ever been made. <laughs> uh. if, if I were to do a, a single thing that, that I wanted to walk away with, I I'm, I'm I can't have anything Leslie related because that's already too well established. It's gotten weird. It's gotten but really weird. He reminded me of a thing, a similar exchange earlier in the episode between Leonard and Sheldon, where they're they're walking up their infinite flight of stairs, and I think it's right after the first scene where Leonard is trying to figure out whether uh, Penny actually thinks that he and Leslie would be a cute couple and what that means. And like, it doesn't mean like a cute couple. Like if we're a couple, it'd be cute if we were, it's cute that we could be a couple. And does she know that I know that like we, she turned me down, all that stuff. And Sheldon says to him, you know, they're only, you're lucky that they're only one of three people that I am one of three people in the Western hemisphere that can understand that train of thought. And Leonard asks Sheldon what he thinks. And Leonard says, just because I understand it doesn't mean I care. You mean Sheldon. I, who did I say? Did I say Leonard again? Yes. Interchangeable nerd says, uh, just because I understand it doesn't mean I care. And man, like, what it must be like to have someone 
the one person that gets you and wants nothing to do with it. That yes. that is a special hell. These two people live together. They, they they that never really gets explained either. Like, why do they live together? They don't need to. Like, if they're if they're both like working as physicists and not just like as grad students, they must be making enough money where they can live independently. Well, no, I mean, as we've established, both these guys are. I mean, we don't go into all the specifics, but I have a feeling there's some kind of codependency there where like they literally neither one of them. I mean, I'm just saying. I definitely don't think Sheldon could survive on his own. I think he'd forget to eat or something. I don't know what, like, Leonard's equivalent thing is, but I could see him going, maybe it's, like, anaphylactic shock, but I'm just saying, if someone's not there to, like, punch him with a needle at the right moment, he's going to die. That also would be a better episode, uh, television show. We we now have two split series that should come from this. Apparently young Sheldon is already out there. I haven't seen it. I probably won't, but I want my my show where Leslie goes around figuring out the most efficient way to hump, and I also now want this show where Sheldon tries to live alone, and every episode is some sort of horrible crisis that requires intervention to prevent him from dying by just trying to do daily tasks, like like a really realistic Mr. Magoo. That's what I want. It's like, Sheldon, why didn't you eat your ha- eat today? Well, the hamburger store that I've eaten has closed down forever. <laughs> it is gone. And because I don't understand the concept of hamburgers being interchangeable, I'm just slowly starving to death. All right. We have three different TV shows that have come out of this. The best show I've ever seen in my life. I wish you would stop talking like this. It makes me so sad.